Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. for being flexible enough to be whatever we need in that moment. Thank you, God, for loving us when others have turned on us. Thank you, God, for keeping us safe in a world that is dangerous and deadly. Lord, we thank you for the privilege of worship because there are people around the world who do not have this blessing and freedom. So Lord, we pause right now to bless you for the blessing of worship and for placing us in an environment where we might worship you in spirit and in truth. We thank you for the praise team that has led us into your presence. And we pray right now, dear God, that your word will be received. We bind the enemy and anything that will come against us right now in the name of Jesus. We bind distractions. We bind thoughts that are not of you. And we ask, oh God, that you will give us the privilege to hear your word and to help us turn from evil to good because your word says that it is your desire that we will inherit the land but with no obedience there is no inheritance i thank you for preaching power i thank you for this word and i ask god that it will go forth penetrate hearts that are dead and hearts that are not alive and hearts that do not pump for you In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Will you join me in giving God praise for our worship team? Will you join me in giving God praise? We praise God for you. We thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your preparation. We thank God for you having the desire to worship with us. So we praise God for you, and we ask that God's anointing will remain on you all the days of your life. And we pray right now that God will restore you and give back to you what you have given to us. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. I have been preaching through Psalm 37, and 
I find this to be such a rich word. Actually, I have three sermons today, Deacon Keith, all wrapped up in one. And I said, Lord, give me mercy because my people won't let me go there. <laughs> and I pray that this sermon will go forth according to God's divine plan. Turn from evil and do good. Then you will dwell in the land forever. We're not talking about earth. We're talking about God's paradise. So what I want you to do as I stand, I just want you to stand up and turn around if you can so that you can have the sensation of turning from evil to good. I'm not saying that you're evil at all. You only know that, but I want you to turn until you feel the evil leaving you and moving you into the presence of the Lord. If you get dizzy, turn some more because you are still evil. And this shows that you don't have to be evil. You have an option. You can turn in the power of the Holy Spirit. And you can do good in the land of the living. So don't tell me anymore that you can't help yourself. Because God can do anything. If he turned me around, I know he can turn you around. Turn one more time for Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. It's time to do return from evil. My sermon today is time to turn from evil and do good. It's a serious moment in the life of the church and in all of our lives. While preparing this sermon, I was reminded, and I want to thank our social justice ministry under the leadership of Disciple Natasha Tobias for helping us as a congregation to focus on social justice and other social justice issues. The absence of affordable housing and the absence of food, you know the stories, but I thank God. So will you help me praise God for our social justice ministry? <clears throat> we thank God for each of you, and we thank God for giving you a spirit that cares about others. I thank the people last week who came to me, Minister Alicia, and they said, you know, I thought it was wrong to want to be righteous. But my pastor, I know that righteous is God's desire for us. And if we're going to see God, we need to attempt a move towards righteousness. See, righteousness is the perfect holiness of Christ, and it is an essential attribute to the character of God, quite literally meaning one who is right. Think of it as the polar opposite of sin. To commit sin is to go against God's design for our lives. Time to stop pretending that you don't know you're sinning. It's time for us to acknowledge, to fess up, that we are sinning and ask for help because God can deliver us. Self-righteousness, one is convinced of one's own righteousness. Whew. 
especially in contrast with the actions and beliefs of others, narrow-mindedly, moralistic. I know this is none of you, but a self-righteous person is defined as one who is confident in his or her own righteousness. Have you ever met anybody like that? You, everybody else is wrong. I am right, and I know what I'm talking about. Well, who are you to know everything? And you don't know what God told me. So self-righteousness is defined as one who is confident of his or her own righteousness, and a self-righteous person also shows superiority over all others, especially if they have a different opinion. In Alabama, we used to call them the know-it-alls. Here they come. And we can have a conversation. I'm entitled to an opinion. Let me move on. Now you understand, right? So it is a blessing to be self-righteous. I mean, righteous. Oh, God, take that off the tape. Oh, Brett Vincent, don't let that go forward. Don't say, Pastor said it's all right. <laughs> I can do this as long as I want, but I don't, no, 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 no. We should strive to be righteous. Anybody in here want to be righteous? Anybody want to be righteous? Today, my sermon has three parts. I'm going to talk about what evil means. And I'm going to talk about justice. And I'm going to talk about the heart. Evil has two wings. One is moral, and the other one is physical. In the Bible, Brett Vinson, evil is represented as moral and physical. Many of the evils that come upon men have not been intended by those who suffer for them, disease, individual and national calamity, drought, scarcity of food, may not always be charged to the account of intentional wrong. Many times the innocent offer with and even for the guilty. So what I'm saying here is there are times that evil become upon people not because they are guilty. It's because the person who attacks is morally evil. Morally evil people don't care about the rights of others. They only care about their lives and how rich they can be. By the term moral evil, we refer to wrong done to our fellow man where the actor is responsible for the action. We have to be mindful of how we treat each other. The immorality may be present when the action is not possible, but if that evil servant shall say in his heart whether he shall sin, all these evil things proceed from within and defile the man. On physical evil, I want to say to you that usually in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word ra is employed to denote that which is bad. And many times the bad is physical. It may have been occasioned by the sins of which the people of the nation were responsible. But look at the situation in Ukraine. That is physical evil, uh, how the Russians are killing babies, children, innocent people. And in my opinion, it's so difficult to imagine that the help they need has not been received, but that's another issue. Raping a 10-year-old 
It's physical evil. And it happens all the time. Killing an innocent person who has a traffic violation and shooting them 60 times is just evil. Especially when you have the ammunition and this person does not have anything at all. So we live in a world where evil has become commonplace. And we live in a world where evil is not denied. And I don't see a movement for evil to be destroyed. But we need to do our part by saying, when you are invited into an evil situation, no thank you. I'm trying to live for the Lord. No thank you. No thank you. I'm trying to live for the Lord. Secondly, I want to focus on justice. The Lord loves justice, is what the scripture said. And the Lord loves the people who are just. So my question is, does the Lord love you? Are you just? Do you care about justice for all? Justice is a major theme in scripture which contains many calls for justice and commands to worship God for his justice. Justice behavior is in accordance with what is morally right and fair. Justice is the quality of doing what is right. And many of us know that we live in an unjust world and we're still fighting for freedom, fighting to be treated like a human being with rights, fighting for respect and fighting that one day we shall be free. The justice of God can be defined as that essential and infinite attribute which makes his nature and his ways a perfect embodiment of equity. God rules over the universe and is grounded in justice and righteousness. So when you pay your tithe, and we feed the poor, and we uh, feed the hungry, and we clothe those who cannot do for themselves. We are participating in the justice of God because justice, in God's opinion, is not having someone oppressed. And when people are oppressed, then we have a responsibility to do something about it. And when we do nothing at all about it, then we cannot complain that the world is not just. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Look at Adam and Eve. They had everything, right? All they had to do was follow instructions. Any Adams and Eves in the house? You have everything, and you got the instructions, you read it, but you decided to cook it your own way, and it failed because you were not willing to listen to the Lord. So we have to be honest, and what I'm finding is that people don't want you to be honest. They want you to lie and tell them how wonderful they are. They, they don't want you to say you need to come to Bible study for yourself. Don't let anybody else tell you what God's word is. Go for yourself. Read the scripture because many of us believe things that are not true and ungodly because we haven't taken the time to spend in the presence of the Lord. The justice of God is demonstrated at the cross. As Jesus was crucified, the sins of the world were laid on him, and Jesus' death became the proportionate sanctuary of God's justice. What have you done to contribute to justice in the world? When I 
was reading through the definition of justice. I'm sure you all felt the same way. I just wanted to go back and read the words of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King because justice is linked to a right relationship with God and those who know God will act justly. So when I went back to read uh, this speech, it brought me to tears because growing up in Alabama was very painful. And I am reminded every time I read these words of how good God has been to me and how God has delivered us. And what I found out in moving across the country and living in all places, I thought racism was only an issue, a big issue in the South. But when we moved to the West Coast and lived in California, there were issues of injustice <laughs> and oppression. When we moved to the Midwest, there were issues with injustice and racism and systems in place to deny God's people what they deserve. And then when we had the chance to live on the East Coast in the great New York City on three occasions, I found that the feeling was the same. And so what I discovered is that being in Alabama wasn't so bad after all. At least we went to church and we knew Jesus. And I discovered that I was thanking God for blessing me to be there because if it had not been for the injustice and if it had not been for the racism and if it had not been for the mean people who were morally evil and physically evil, then I would have spent less time on my knees with God and more time in the world. So when you have to fight every day for freedom and injustice, against injustice, it changes your perspective on the world and God becomes a priority. And one of the things that I'm praying for our church is that we will make God a priority and that we will acknowledge what's going on around us and get to know what we need to do. Dr. King said that, no, 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 we're not satisfied. and will not be satisfied until justice rolls down like the waters and the righteousness of a mighty stream. It helps us to imagine that we have made it over to the land of God. He said, but we refuse to believe that the bank of justice is bankrupt. We refuse to believe that there are insufficient funds in the great vaults and opportunity in this nation. And so we've come to cash this check, a check that will give us demand the riches of freedom and the security of justice. I don't have to say much more. You know what's happening right now with the Supreme Court. And there are other votes that are going to be taken soon that will not be just. He also said, we have also come to this hallowed spot to remind America of the feared urgency of now. If you're going to witness for God, do it now. If you're going to work for God, do it now. If you're going to give for God, do it now. If you're going to love your neighbor, do it now. If you want to understand what God has called you to do, figure it out now. This is not the season for us to be lost or confused. 
There's no time to engage in the luxury of cooling off or to take the tranquilizing drug of gradualism. Now is the time to make real the promises of democracy. In other words, if we can travel and take trips and have vacation, let's do a vacation with Jesus and find out what it is that Jesus wants us to do so we can get fired up for the Lord. Some people say they can't think straight till they go on vacation and they leave the state. So the month of July, we give everybody a break. We say, take a break. But I discovered in looking at this word is that what we really need is a vacation with Jesus. And then we can make a difference and fight for injustice and fight for the oppressed and fight for those who cannot fight for themselves. How many of you signed up for the summer food program? And if you signed up, did you show up? Did you show up with a smile or with a frown? Did you show up looking tired or looking happy? Because God wants us to change the world and wants us to move the world forward. Because Dr. King said that I have a dream that one day, Reverend Marlin, even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression will be transformed, my Lord, into an oasis of freedom and justice. If you have that prayer where you give God praise to say one day, come on, that one day we will be free. One day we will have justice. And one day we will have the freedom that God wants us to have. That is my dream for our church. That is our dream for our youth as we have the summer camp and we see these children who have so much talent. I pray that God would give us everything we need so that we can bless them, so that they will know that they are created by the Almighty God and they can be whatever God wants them to be if they move in the power of God. And we live in a world where people tell us what we cannot do, but very few tell us what we can do. So our job is to help these children find their place in the world. Because God did not create me for nothing. What about you? God did not create, God created me for purpose. What about you? And there's power when you walk in your purpose. And finally, I want to talk a little bit about the heart. Mm. <laughs> the mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom. Mm. When God's law is in his heart. So in other words, the writer of Proverbs is saying that what we hear through the mouth has come from the heart. And that we need to understand that there is a connection between a clean heart and wisdom. Because only God can clean your heart. And only God can take you through heart surgery. You don't need to go to Duke. You don't need to go to UNC. You can ask God to give you a clean heart. He that trusts in his own heart is a fool. But who walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. Proverbs 28, 26. And Romans, Paul said, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them to a reparate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with unrighteousness, fornication, and wickedness. 
God sees all of our sins, but God wants us to desire a clean heart. How many of you desire a clean heart? Don't be ashamed that you desire a clean heart. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? In Ecclesiastes 9.3, this is an evil among all things that are done under the sun. There is one event unto all. Yeah, also the heart of the sons of men is full with evil and madness is in their heart while they live after they go. <laughs> Proverbs 10.20, the tongue of the just has a choice silver and the heart of the wicked has worth. So what I'm really saying to you is that if you really want to work for God and get results, then you need to ask for a clean heart. And once you get a clean heart, you will be able to witness for God with power because the righteousness of God from your heart will be evident in the way you live and the way you talk and the way you walk and the way you see. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? And so our actions are a reflection of what's in our heart. Our mouth gives us a tunnel or vehicle to say it. But you, have you ever said, oh, I didn't mean to say that? Yes, you did. I didn't mean to say, yes, you did. It was there. And you had no control because you had to say it. And you were thinking it, and it was on your mind, and you decided to let go of it before you could retract. I got, can I get a witness before you can retract? Before you can retract it, you are, oh boy, let me clean this up. So we need to be mindful of the heart. And then Ephesians 4, Paul testifies, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you henceforth walk not as the Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. And if you don't pray for wisdom saying, you know what, the enemy will align somebody who can tell you exactly what needs to be said so that you don't follow the Lord. So we need to be intentional in asking God to bless us with a clean heart so that I can serve you. Amen. A clean heart, O oh Lord, so that I can serve you. Wash your car. Why don't you wash your heart? We wash the dishes. Sometimes we got to wash and we got to pray intentionally that God will bless us. And what I'm saying is that it can't be something that you vaguely think about or you getting ready. I have people who are getting ready to be saved now years and years. They're getting ready to do right. And they haven't shown up yet. They're getting ready to get rid of their mama. They're getting ready to get a divorce. They're getting ready to get married. They're getting ready to, but you need to get right, church. They used to sing that in the old church. Get right, church, and let's go home. Uh, what was it, an evening train? You don't, you don't remember that song? Look how, oh, look how you got, you don't, I'm old, I know that, but I ain't that old, come on. Oh my God, the heart is a fist-sized organ that pumps blood throughout your body. And it's the primary organ of your circulatory system. Your heart contains four main sections, 
chambers made of muscle and powered by electrical impulses. Your brain and nervous system direct your heart's function. I recently had an experience that taught me a lot about the heart. And it was an experience with my refrigerator. My husband and I purchased a new refrigerator. And after two months, the refrigerator stopped working. And he called, I won't call the name of the store where we bought the refrigerator. So he called the store and they said that they were going to have someone to come and look at the refrigerator. A man came one day, knocked at my door. I looked at him, he came in, he said, I am the subcontractor and I fix refrigerators. And he said, your compressor is gone. And I said, okay, where's the replacement? And he said, ma'am, I don't have one. They're back ordered nationally. So I said, you mean to tell me that you came to my house to tell me that you work for the subcontractor and that you are not able to fix my refrigerator because they are in back order? He said, yes, ma'am. And then he gave me his card and told me that he will be in touch if he hears anything. It was a moment that I had to cry out to God and block all those evil thoughts that were coming in my head. <laughs> I decided that I was going to pray and I wasn't going to say anything to anybody. I had coolers in the uh, garage. I was living out of coolers. One blue we had and one red that uh, Trustee Rafer brought over. But you know, I decided to look at the compressor and see what they really do. The compressor in a refrigerator works by pressuring a compressing refrigerant gas to create cool air. And a fan then pushes the air into the refrigerator to keep it cool. Hmm. Traditionally, refrigerators have had only a single compressor to perform this function, but newer models might have two compressors. It made me ask myself, do I need a new refrigerator spiritually? Has my compressor died? Am I not engaged because my compressor is not pumping that air into the refrigerator? And I realized that the refrigerator with the compressor and the heart have a lot in common. Because if God is not pumping the blood, you see the Holy Spirit to the heart, you're not going to live. And what I discovered is that you got to understand when the refrigerator it needs a new compressor. The refrigerator was humming a little bit before it stopped working. The refrigerator was giving signs that I'm not working the way that I was supposed to. The refrigerator was saying that I am no longer functioning. You see, the absence of God's people is not about the refrigerator that God is pumping in. The absence and inactivity is that the heart has not turned to God and the heart doesn't know that the blood is not coming through and that the blood of Jesus Christ is not pumping to give them the way of the Lord. So I decided today that I just want the Lord to give all of us a new compressor. And I want all of us to be bold enough to ask God to cleanse our hearts right now.
And whatever is there, then we want you to take it out in the name of Jesus. Lord, take out lies. Take out jealousy. Take out deceit. Take out adultery. Take out greed, oh God. Take out materialism. Take out the things that cause us to ignore you. And I've been bold enough to say, Lord, take everything out of my life that does not reflect on you. Lord, I want to live for you. I want to be the refrigerant in the neighborhood. I, I want to have my compressor working so that I have a chance to do something in your name. I can do it. I want to move forward, Lord. I want more than I have right now. I want more of you. I want to feel you more. I want to see you more. I want to know about your Holy Ghost power, oh God. I want an experience with you, and I want to love you the way you love me. I want to be able to love my people, oh God. I don't want to be on cool when I need to be on cold. I don't want to be frozen, oh God, when I need to be liquidated and out in the community serving you. I want you to pump new refrigerant love in my heart so that I can get up in the morning and I'm glad about you. I can get up in the morning and praise God for my that I'm not a sinner and that I'm saved by grace. That I can get up in the morning and confess Thank you, Lord, for another day that I can get up in the morning and thank you for the midnight hour. I can get up in the morning and thank you, God, that when I had two coolers in the garage, that you kept me going. You supplied the ice. You supplied the food. That you did everything you were supposed to do. And right now I give you praise because all of my life, You've been blessing me over and over and over again. All of my life, you've been setting me free. All of my life, you've been delivering me from evil. All of my life, it's been you, God. All of my life, you have come through for me, oh God. So all I can say is that I'm going to trust in the Lord. I'm going to trust in the Lord. I don't care if it's injustice. I don't care if it's uh, discrimination, segregation, whatever is in the world. I'm going to give it to the Lord, and I'm going to trust in the Lord all the days of my life. And I'm going to show up so the Lord can cleanse my heart and then allow me to speak wisdom, speak life, Speak Jesus. Speak resurrection. Speak inherit the land. Speak that this is only half of the story. Speak and let people know that what you do over here matters. Speak and say, you got to love everybody if you want to see Jesus. You got to forgive everybody if you want to see Jesus. It's time. It's time. It's past time. This bill is overdue. It's past time, and I thank God for not charging interest, but it's past time for God's people to step up. Get your heart surgery and do the Lord's work and praise the Lord like you never have before. Thank you, Lord. For the word. Come on, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for helping you turn from evil. Praise the Lord that justice is coming. Praise the Lord that freedom is coming. Praise the Lord that there is a land that we shall inherit. A land that we don't have to take care of. A paradise made for us. And a place for us to worship God every day. All day. In spirit and in truth. No need to go to work. You don't have to. No need to cook and shop. You don't have to. Because God has already taken care of the town. And everything has been paid in advance in the name of Jesus. God bless you. God keep you. May God cleanse you. May God give you wisdom. May God give you a desire to serve him with all of your heart. If you are ready to give your life to Jesus Christ, we invite you to pray this prayer with us. And it says, Dear Lord, I admit that I am a sinner and there is nothing that I can do to save myself. I ask for your forgiveness. And you can do this if you are streaming. At this moment, I believe you alone are the one who bore my sins when you died on the cross and rose from the dead. Today, I turn from my sinful life and invite you into my heart. I will trust you and follow you all of the days of my life. Thank you for saving me and hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or praise report or like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.org. Thank you again.